one. Happy Halloween, everyone! <laughs> is, that, is that it? Are you throwing to me on that one? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Either way, guys, it's a live splash play here. It's Sunday night. It's Halloween night. We have our costumes on. We're going to talk about week eight, give a recap of everything you need to know. We're going to do some welcome to the family, week nine waiver wires, and a Monday night football preview. And I am not going to take the Squid Game mask off. So, Pete, hit that intro. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I am Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend and mine, Peter Overzet. How are you doing, Pete? And do you care to explain your costume to the people? Because I feel a bit less self-evident than mine might be. Um, yeah, no, I mean, mine's fairly obvious. I'm a guy who talked about... <laughs> are you his... some sort of inmate? Am I gathering that correctly? I, um, I'm someone who talked about their... Uh, best ball teams too much and was thrown into the state penitentiary. So uh, yes, that's uh, that's what happened to me. My best ball line or my DFS lineups were so bad. I started talking about my best ball lineups and I got carried away to jail. Oh, well, that's sad. But the good news, Pete, is I'm sure you must have crushed on this fine Sunday, huh? I'm sure we both did, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I, I got my DraftKings thing back. Uh, I got $39 back out of uh, $650 of entries. So yeah, no, I'm doing great. Well, the good news is we have high energy today. Sunday night football is on with the Cowboys and the Vikings. We've got a lot to talk about, so make sure you're hitting that like button right now, whether you're watching on Peach Channel or the Splash Play Channel, wherever you may be. And also make sure you're going to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe because they are a very proud partner of this show, and they're giving you guys some of the best data you can possibly get. DVOA as a stat you'll hear about talked about everywhere, but also some other great points on there. Drive stats, pace stats, efficiency stats, everything you need to know to make better lineups. So go to Football Outsiders com slash subscribe and check out the packages on there. I think there's actually a deal starting on Monday uh, where it's going to be $1 for the first week. So they have some fun stuff going on, but go check it out. Footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Uh, but Pete, you talked about your week here and I feel like I feel like an asshole a wearing the mask for the first item we have to talk about for our snap takes from week eight. But the Calvin Ridley news is a pretty big one. <laughs> and it's, it's an important thing that we as a show, we talk a lot about the importance of mental health. I was hanging out with some friends this week, talking about the importance of therapy, all of that. And just because I am wearing the mask of a famous TV show does not mean that it isn't serious. Calvin Ridley posted a statement today saying these, these past few weeks have been very challenging. It's very hard to read through the mask. These past few weeks have been very challenging. And as much as I'd like to be on the field competing, with my teammates I need to step away from football at this time and focus on my mental well-being this will help me and be the best version of myself now and in the future and pete i know we don't like to soapbox too much on here we try to have fun on the show but um calvin ridley having a tough fantasy year but at the same time you don't know what's going on in somebody else's shoes and i think we have to show him uh, the love that we would show ourselves in this situation and uh, that means just you know saying hey like give him the privacy give him the space and hope it works out yeah, I'm. I'm honestly really struggling. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think you would be. I. I honestly think I would have if you would have called out how ridiculous it was that you're talking about that. But yes, it's. Uh, it's unfortunate. We we had something at the beginning of the season with Will Fuller where you know they mentioned that he was needing to take some time off, and then he did. You know, later return. I think a little sooner than people expected based on his announcement. So you know, hopefully, you know, best case scenario with Ridley just taking this week off and some time uh, will get him back to a mental health space where he feels like he can play football again, uh, but obviously have to give him the space. And for the most part, you know, I was actually kind of worried that uh, fantasy Twitter was going to be awful about this or certain corners of fantasy Twitter, you know, the, uh, the machismo bravado, you know, just be a tough guy and play kind of thing. But I was pleasantly surprised. Even the counselor, uh, who is notorious for being very unreasonable about these sorts of things, uh, was sending his well wishes to Calvin Ridley. So glad to see as a society that we are evolving to where we understand that these are real issues that people need to take care of on their own time. Yeah, I think the response to this response to Carl Nassib coming out earlier in the summer, I think both things that were inspiring to me to see as somebody who's been on you know, all sides of the internet, being on the places that are doing the more edgy stuff, doing the places that are 
uh, you know, where we all are now, hopefully, where we are trying to be more progressive with those kind of things. But I am I'm glad to see that reaction to you, Pete. And I think it's just something we need to call it up top here to be responsible as we are as hosts. And and for anybody out there, you know, we hear it sometimes in the DMs. But if you guys are ever having a tough time, never be afraid to talk to somebody about it, because that is a very important part of the thing. Uh, but Pete, Sunday Night Football's going on right now. Dak Prescott ends up inactive or dare I say inactive. Cooper Rush starting on Sunday night football. And uh, Pete, how are you feeling about the Sunday night football game so far? It is just part way through the second quarter. Right I know now. you wrote that down too. I which sure did. Just makes sure it did, just makes it so much worse. <laughs> I mean, you could get away with a putt if it's just off the dough, but you wrote that and you were ready to deliver it with no fucking shame. Exactly. You can't see my face right now. <laughs> It was Scott. Scott Hansen was doing a ton of those uh, today. He was all about the Halloween puns on the broadcast. Uh, I got so distracted by that awful pun. What was your question? <laughs> Just Sunday Night Football, Cooper Rush starting you for your ride or die picks. Did pick uh, whoever the Dallas TV was going to be your showdown winning captain. And just how are you feeling about how it's going so far? I feel like the Kirk Cousins being impressive, uh, still not wilting in the bright lights. We talked about that with our pal Reef Hassan on Friday. Of course, the Athletics Vikings reporter slash one of the lead voices for their content there. And I'm just more encouraged by Kirk Cousins. Cooper Rush, I think, has been perfectly fine if Dak does end up missing some time. Yeah, the only thing I've seen, uh, to be honest, I was so demoralized from today's slate. I did, I had been playing like Showdown uh, on Sunday nights, uh, you know, just as a way to kind of uh, keep the high of Sunday going. Today, I was just so demoralized. I didn't even play. So all I've seen is that Adam Thielen had a touchdown. Uh, it seems like every time we're ready to write him off for dead, uh, he scores a touchdown. So good for Adam Thielen. And I also just remembered uh, you get to take victory laps about Melvin Gordon today, which makes this show even worse. Uh, Melvin Gordon, yeah, looking great out there. <laughs> they did almost fumble that game away, but uh, still did have a nice day for himself. It was better than Javante Williams, I think we can all agree. But that's not one of the main items we have to talk about, uh, sadly for me. Uh, the backup QBs, though, this is a bright spot for me, Pete, where Mike White today for the Jets throws for 405 yards, three touchdowns. Also, if any of my stats are off today, it's because I'm literally looking through very tiny holes to read my screen. And I, I'm going to keep this mask on as long as I possibly can. But three TDs, two interceptions. One was a bad luck bounce. Uh, beats the Bengals today, Pete. We also saw Jameis Winston and hurting his knee. Trevor Simeon, a former a guy who they thought was going to be carrying the, the torch after Peyton retired in Denver, ends up being back in for New Orleans as the backup to Jameis Winston. Has a nice day for himself. 159 yards and a TD to beat Tampa Bay. Geno Smith looking the best he's looked. And I feel like, Pete, it's weird because last year I was beating the, the backup QB drum time and time again. And it was so bad last year that I kind of walked it back. And this year, the backup QBs are really shining in the sunlight in a way that this brought me joy. Yeah, well, uh, unfortunately, you did already abandon it um, because you got scared <laughs> off from it backfiring on you last year. And now when people think of backup quarterbacks, no one even associates with you. So you really fumbled that brand solidifying, uh, you know, experience there. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mike White looked really good and he was absolutely peppering Michael Carter with targets. I think Michael Carter could be set up for one of those second half you know, rookie running back surges that we seem to see, you know, every year from a couple of these guys. And even though, you know, normally you would say, oh, I, I can't be too excited about a running back on the Jets. But when he's getting 13 targets, uh, you get really excited about him because, you know, he's, you know, immune to bad game scripts. So uh, I'm excited about Mike White. I mean, Zach Wilson might just suck. Like, that's not that crazy of an outcome. You know, a lot of these rookie quarterbacks, you know, have big bust potential uh, in even in the top 10 picks. So wouldn't be surprising if Mike White was just better than Zach Wilson. I'm not ready to fully say that yet, but it's within the realm of possibility. Yeah, Jackson, the YouTube chat saying he almost binked the afternoon slate with Geno doubles. It was something for me where I talked about how I built my own projections just kind of as a counterbalance. I'm, I've been basically averaging them with the Osmo projections just to kind of get a read on how, uh, you know, the angles that I want to take versus what obviously one of the top data sites out there is doing. And then, you know, I think the Geno thing was weird because of James Robinson being hurt early on. But I feel like if he stayed in healthy, you probably would have seen Geno double stacks with somebody run back from Jacksonville, do some damage. And instead, uh, another victory for me, Pete, Jamal Agnew, more than doubling up LaVisca Chenault, but still not really good enough to go as a run back. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you that's the one advantage you get to writing all this stuff out is you get to look at the exact ride or die stats and know where you can really twist the knife uh, <laughs> on me. Um, yeah, it's it's funny with the Seattle double stacks because the whole narrative has been always, oh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett can't both have a big game together. Even with Russell Wilson, it was, you know, one of them had the big game and the other kind of bricked. And of course, it's Geno Smith that unlocks the premium uh, double stack there with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. That DK Metcalf touchdown 
uh, was absolutely incredible, that catch he made. And I think even the announcers on the broadcast said it too. It's like, how are you not giving DK Metcalf three to four of these jump balls a game? He just is an absolute freak. There's no one else like him in the NFL at the wide receiver position. Yeah, DK ends up going for six or 43, two touchdowns on six targets. Tyler Lockett, 12 for 142 on 13 targets, no touchdowns, but a good distribution there for Gino. And uh, maybe, you know, Russell Wilson close to coming back here. So we probably won't get a lot more time of Gino enjoying his time as starting QB there. But, uh, you know, I think a decent run for him and probably better than people would have thought given his historical track record and uh, the way that people treat him like a punchline. So I'm always fun to, always fun to see that when those guys come through. Uh, this week, Pete, a lot of the chalk went off. AJ Brown, Chris Godwin, Michael Pittman all going off. And if you are playing on DraftKings, I think it's worth noting in their updates that uh, you can actually sort by the top owned players now in all the tournaments which i think is pretty cool i don't know if you've been doing that at all pete but it's fun i have it. live yeah where yeah. where do you do that on the um on the players part of the uh, of your live tournaments hmm. so like you now sort by who's scoring the most who's the highest owned who's the lowest owned um but like it's basically like what the csv export used to be except you could do it just through the app nice i'll have to check that out yeah, it's definitely, if you are playing on DK, check it out. It's been a nice feature for me to see and, and try to follow out along a little more live. But Pete, the chalk guys going off, I thought was pretty interesting. And uh, we talked a little bit about the perils of Michael Pittman. I do think he kind of luck boxed today. He does have 10 catches for just 80 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, AJ Brown's day, I think we saw coming from, uh, you know, a decent bit away with Julio Jones being out. We know AJ Brown's ceiling increases, but how much of these chalk guys did you get, Pete? Because I, I do feel like this is something at wide receiver. You do tend to move away from the wide receiver chalk, I think, in a very savvy way, usually for tournaments. But these guys going off made it really tough today if you weren't heavily with them. Well, Spags, if you want to know how my day went, um, I was in one of the spies. I generally play three or four of the spies in the 100K spy with 20K to first um, with 1,100 entries. I finished 1,100, uh, 1,082nd place at, with 75.82 points, 75.82 points with a Jalen Hurts double stack with a DeAndre Swift bring back a zero from Gronk, two points from the Jags D. I, it was it was a brutal day for me. I played a cash game against someone. Someone sent me a head to head. The guy scored 190 points in his cash game. It would have won multiple tournaments that I was in today. So that it was it was one of those days. And even the chalk I did decide to eat ended up being like the wrong chalk. Like I ate some T Higgins, but not Michael Pittman. So it was just that kind of day. I ended up moving off of Joe Mixon for DeAndre Swift at the last minute. Just all kinds of fun bullshit like that. Yeah, DeAndre Swift definitely killed me. And I think that's a question I'll have for you as a follow-up where we saw DeAndre Swift being pretty bad despite no Jamal Williams. Normally, you would think that gives a boost. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Kenneth Gainwell, Devonta Smith, all pretty bad despite no Miles Sanders. And during the course of the game, no Jalen Rager as well. Emmanuel Sanders ends up being 20% owned the Millie Maker and has a flat zero with no Dawson Knox. So I guess the question I have for you, Pete, is you hear these numbers, obviously football, we talk about a lot. One of the most variant DFS sports you will find out there, play NBA like I do is my suggestion. That's what I, I ended up throwing some more lineups in over the course of the day when I saw how NFL was running. But are you getting any feel at all for which guys to trust and which guys not? Because I know you love DeAndre Swift. I'm not surprised to know that you were there. I normally don't get him a ton and I had so much of him and him just not getting that one touchdown that went to Jefferson instead at the end of the game was so tilting in a way that it just makes no sense. Like he should have been the best version of himself with no Jamal Williams. And instead he was just an absolute albatross. Yeah. I mean, to answer your, your first question, I mean, at this point in the season, there's literally only one person who has not burned us at least one week and that's Cooper cup. I mean, he is just locked in. He's old school, Michael Thomas, you know, with drew Brees in the dome where just the role is insane. And yeah, you know, we, I was talking about it on the tilt space earlier where even all the people who are telling us, you know, the big dog is undefeated. You can never not play the big dog. He's different. He's built different. Yada, yada. Well, he's, uh, been, uh, now had two back-to-back -back rough weeks there um, when you see his role isn't as robust in the passing game as we'd want to see. So, yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup is is really the only kind of bankable asset. I'm looking at the one lineup I played him in. It's coincidentally the lineup that scored 75.82 points. He was 11.5% mm -hmm. in this spy, which is absurd to me uh, given how well he's played. And I say this as someone who didn't play him last week. And I was like, all right, I, I'm not making that same mistake again. Um, and the fact that the field just kind of refuses to play him at this price tag, I think it more reflects that roster construction was really tricky. But man, Cooper Cup is just such a smash right now. Yeah, I had a lot of Cooper Cup today. He was my top projected player overall, even ahead of some QBs on the slate. And that was why I was like, okay, cool. I figure if I get him, the field's at 20%, it's fine. To see him at 15% in some tournaments, 
I know it's sort of tough to trust a guy at that high of a price tag, but he could have had, I think, at least one more touch. And I know that he dropped or uh, that was like a little bit of a high throw by Matthew Stafford, uh, Matthew Stafford in the end zone. But, like he could have had a better day than he had. And I think we saw a rushing touchdown go to Robert Woods. There was some wonkiness around that. I think Cooper Cup pay that 9K price tag, you know, at least get some exposure because if the field's not going to be there, I get we don't trust running uh, wide receivers quite as much as running backs overall, collectively amongst the, the general players out there. But I'm with you. Cooper Cup to me uh, was one guy that really stood out. Anything else for you this week, Pete? We got to do welcome to the family next. And I'm going to do a comedy no-no. I'm literally going to put a hat on a hat for this bit. Uh, so <laughs> I want to make sure we cover all the serious things before we have to get really uncomfortable and do our, our favorite welcome to the family. Yeah, a literal hat on a hat uh, and also figuratively. Um, no, I'm tr- I'm trying. I feel like we hit on a lot of the big stuff. And we'll also touch more on some of these guys as we welcome them to the family and as we fly blind trying to do waiver wire picks without without Rotoviz's article and any other research to guide us. Yeah, the waiver wire snake draft might be the least useful version of it today. But I check out Rotoviz's article with Sam Moss, as we always promote on here. He does a great job distilling the guys that are uh, under 80% rostered on ESPN that could be helpful or, or 80% or more not rostered, rather. But it's time to welcome everybody to the family. Uh, Pete, we got to get... I got to get into character. I really do. <laughs> and I have to put... A hat on a hat here to go and celebrate Italian heritage one more time where we every every Sunday or Monday, depending on when we're doing the show, will welcome some new people into the family to show that they've deserved it with their merits and all the things they accomplished during the Sunday games. And and Pete, we got to get into character here. Hey. I'm doing some squid games and now some Calamata games. Dude, what is up with this fucking squid games, man? This is some fucked up shit. What is going on with this shit, dude? Well, you got the, you know, you got the red light, green light here when you're with the family. You got red light, white light, green light. When you go down to Frankie's Deli, you get yourself some of your finest meat to sandwiches and go from there. Hey, hey, I wish uh, Jalen Hurts would have gotten some green lights today. Am I right, dude? It was red light after red light with that guy. I'm about ready to kick him out of the family. I'm not on Jalen Hurts. What are you doing? But, Pete, uh, if you want to go first, you can. I got a couple guys. I actually got one eagle if you want me to go first. But oh, yeah, go you, for it. I love the eagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the family. <laughs> so, what's, you having a stroke at the end of it? Yeah, it's just welcome to the family. It's fun. <laughs> I got to welcome one of my guys, one of our guys, and we've probably crapped out a little bit on this show, but Jordan Howard, Uncle Junior, seems like he's older than he is, but he's only 26, Pete. He turns 27 on 11-2, November 2nd this week, but here he is back again, 12 carries, 57 yards, two tutties, and don't forget about his fellow crewmate, the pod at Boston Scott, 12 carries, 60 yards, two tutties. I mean, my own, these guys killed on Jalen Hurts before themselves. They're looking fantastic, and I think when you hear these guys, have been around the block for a minute or two. You got to welcome them back in when they're back in the spotlight tonight, Peter. We did see Boston. We did see our boy Jordan Howard, Uncle June, doing it one more time. Dude, I love to hear it, okay? I thought this kid Kenny Gainwell was the truth, okay? I thought it was the truth, but apparently not. Apparently, he's sleeping with the fishes now. It's Boston Scott's team. It's Jordan Howard's team. I love it. It doesn't matter if running backs are fungible. Next guy in. Next guy up. Let's go. Maron, Maron. But on the backs of Fujili, more like it. <laughs> what do you got for me? Who do you want to welcome to his family? This thing of ours. Yeah, yeah. I want to welcome a guy who is, uh, he's going to follow in the long lineage of great New York Jets, okay? We got your Joe Namus. We got your Denzel Mims. And now we have Michael Carters, okay? The Jets rookie rushed 15 times for 77 yards and a tutty, and he caught nine balls, okay? Spags, nine for 95 yards. I feel like my Italian accent changes every week. Can't really get my finger on it. But this kid, Michael Carter, looks real. I'd like to sit down with him have a nice bowl of bolognese with him just really go to town with the parmesan on there a couple glasses of red wine and just really welcome him to the family red wine straight from the box just like my nana used to have for herself and sometimes problematic volume some could say <laughs> i suppose i'm with you on that one and uh, we could call him coach carter pete because he's basically drawing up all the plays for himself out there that's what we call michael carter huh huh oh. <laughs> Ah, Mano, let's talk about my guy, another guy I'm going to welcome to the family, Travis Simeon, who I'm calling when he <laughs> welcomes to the crew. We're calling him the monkey man because he's... <laughs> 
It's been a journey, man. Who is since he looked like Peyton's replacement back in Denver, back in the Mile High City, where where the good boys are. All... <laughs> no, we can see he's throwing bananas all over the place. The monkey man rubbing it right in Tom Brady's mouth as Trevor Simeon steals a victory, and that's why P. We got to welcome these guys, the family backup QBs, my brand that I've had for years and never gave up. Trevor Simeon, welcome to the family. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first thing I think about Spags. Whenever I think of your name, I think of backup. QBs, it's like spaghetti and meatballs, Batman and Robin, Michael Carter and Denzel Williams. They're just synonymous with each other, okay? But I got a guy I want to welcome to the family, and let me tell you, I literally had never fucking heard of this guy about, uh, I don't know, four hours ago, but I got to welcome this dude on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, okay? Now, hear me out. Hear me out. We need to welcome Cyril Grayson to the family, okay? Because I didn't know this guy from fucking Adam less than four hours ago. He scores a touchdown. Didn't he know he was on the team? Didn't even know he was in the league. But now I love this guy catching tutties from Tom Brady. I mean, I hope he's not like that other fan that has to give the ball back to Tom Brady because it has some special meaning for him. No, this is the kid's first career touchdown. I heard he played a uh, sprint. He was a sprinter. He played sprinting in college. Now he's out here catching footballs from Tommy Brady. I'd love to give him a big old kiss. I'd like to go up to that face max, get my tongue in there, and then get it. <laughs> I'm doing the tongue too, but you can't see it because I got my Kamamata game mask on. People saying it looks like a bootleg Amazon welding mask, but apparently you need to keep up with culture a little better if you don't know this reference, my own. But Seal Grayson, if you knew if you were a real data boy, Pete, you know Seal Grayson was a wide receiver five who was standing to get a few more snaps today right behind Jalen Darden. That's <laughs> rotation. So that's that's the difference between us, I suppose. Model. Don't even don't even try to shame me as if you're staring at these box scores and your little projections had Cyril Grayson. No, no, I'm welcoming him to the family. Don't act like you had him before. Oh, I added Cyril Grayson today, but another guy that I never had to add. He's been in my projections for a long time. Cooper Cup, the Cooper kid. This guy was 9K on DraftKings as much as a Mortadella from the finest Gabagool salesman. And I felt like I was getting a deal at under 20% ownership. And he goes for 115 one touch. He could have had more. So Larry, Morton, Wendy, Iggy, Roy, Levy, Ludwig, they'd all be proud of this Cooper kid. Cooper Cup, my old beat. Dude, this is some of the biggest hog of fucking shit I've ever heard in my life, dude. Why don't you welcome Spaghetti to the family? Why don't you welcome Tony Soprano to the family? Is there any other gems you need to unearth for us? We're supposed to be welcoming outsiders. Cooper Cup has been in this fucking house eating from this long-ass table for four weeks now. And you're trying to pretend like you just welcomed him here? Fuck off! My, we got the table where we got seven different leaves on the table because we got so much family coming in and you just got to keep extending that table left to right, left to right, left to right. Koopa Cup, welcome aboard. Think you didn't like the Koopa Kids reference Mario, huh? Sometimes it feels like you come up with which player you want to welcome to the family based on one specific joke you have, and then you reverse engineer it to the player. And frankly, I find that appalling. I just am a big Cooper Cup fan, and it was nice to have him today. It was great to be on the journey with him. Haven't played him enough this year. It was great to have him as part of the family at fairly low ownership. That's what I'd say. Pete, you got anybody else you want to welcome to the family for yourself? I got one person I want to fuck off, tell the fuck off from the family. Ooh. Jamal Agnew, from the family. Jamal Agnew can fuck right <laughs> off from the family. You came in here, you brought this fucking pint-sized Caesar salad. Everyone had said to bring your own entrees. This guy comes in, gets fucking 10 targets. My poor dude, LaVisca Chanel, has to sit at the kiddies table while Jamal Agnew eats my bone-in ribeye after only bringing a fucking pint-sized Caesar salad. Fuck you, Jamal Agnew. You know who gets the big meatball? Cooper Cup gets the big meatball. You know, second biggest meatball, Jamal Agnew, because he comes in. We say, hey, you a former quarterback. I didn't even know that till Arif told us on Friday, but my own, he is a former quarterback indeed. I'm see, <laughs> see, see. All right. I can't even wipe my face because I still... <laughs> No, you committed to wearing this for the whole show. I look, I that's the one thing Pete, I think we have over any any other fantasy show, any other betting show, DFS show. When we commit to a bit, we will drive it into the ground. Yeah, unless uh, I can't hammer home my Italian accent. <laughs> Madon. Anyway, <laughs> here we go. Time for the waiver wire snake trap. This might be a might be a shorter episode than usual, just because I might die of heat exhaustion from not being able to breathe out of this mask. But we got to do the waiver wire snake draft, Pete. Where this we are once again the earliest show out there doing a waiver wire show and. It is a mess of a waiver wire. Lots of running backs getting hurt. We talked about James Robinson, talked about Miles Sanders, some of the guys that probably a little bit under-owned behind him in some of the leagues out there. So 
Uh, Pete, I'm not going to give you the first pick. I'll take it because I feel like you get mad at me for giving you the first pick. <laughs> no, go for it. Knock yourself okay. out. I will take a guy that we just welcome back into the family. Guy who honestly I thought was older than he is, but because he's just been around for so long, moving from team to team. Jordan Howard, I think, needs to be your number one pick on waiver wires this week. I you like can't Austin. even say that with a straight face. <laughs> you can't even see my face. You, know you started breaking as you said, I think you need to add Jordan Howard. You don't even believe that. I think it's just hard to breathe a little bit. <laughs> but um, either way, that could be part of the Italian character, me embracing my Tony Soprano and breathing heavily into the microphone. Uh, but I think for me, Jordan Howard, the goal line work we knew would be there. There wasn't a lot of pass game work that did get, I think, one target for Boston Scott, none for Jordan Howard. But I just think that he's going to be involved, getting 12 carries after basically being a practice squad guy. Um, he's been a part of the organization before, I feel pretty good about him and i think he'll be less owned than boston scott i think if i had to choose i might go boston scott first but we don't know the ownership threshold yet pete so that's why i'm gonna err on the side of saying jordan howard number one yeah i think it's pretty safe to assume that boston scott isn't owned in more than uh 20 of leagues um but yeah I'll, I'll give the people someone that might actually be interesting to roster instead of <laughs> dusty you. ass yeah, please do <laughs> historical anomaly said dusty the second i said dusty <laughs> as well um so a really interesting development in washington jarrett patterson led the team in carries he had 11 carries antonio gibson only had eight and the only thing that i can really think of as to why this might be happening is that they're just limiting gibson because of his shin injury and him not being fully up to speed and to me like just intuitively, it's like, why are you forcing Antonio Gibson to play limited snaps and limit limited carries through this shin injury? So I have no inside information. I haven't seen any reports. But to me, Antonio Gibson seems like he could be a temporary shutdown candidate to get healthy, as evidenced by, you know, Patterson getting so many carries. So that seems like one I would like to get out ahead of, even if that doesn't get announced by the time waivers roll around. I think Jarrett Patterson's a really good speculative ad, and he would just slide right into the Antonio Gibson role, and J.D. McKissick, of course, would maintain his. So I'm pretty interested in Jarrett Patterson. Yeah, the Gibson injury has sounded bad since they first came out with it saying, you know, having a fracture on your shin doesn't sound great. But also with the season, maybe getting away from them a little bit, I could see them not wanting to risk his health as somebody that they do clearly have some value in. So an interesting pick, Pete, I think maybe a little bit out of left field for people to hear this early. But I think this is actually one of those takes that will probably heat up throughout the week. So good for you. And you get the pick on the turn as well. Uh, yeah, that was very condescending. Good for you, but I will <laughs> take it. You just don't know any of my reads because you can't see my face. I'm just here being a dictatorial. Uh, I guess the person who stole a mask in Squid Game. I didn't really think of the character motivation. Um, yeah. So let's, uh, you know, let's do. So basically, with um, Calvin Ridley out now for an indefinite amount of time, um, I would have assumed that you know. Russell Gage and Olamide Zacchaeus would have been kind of the next man up. Uh, but Tajay Sharp and Russell Gage actually had the same amount of snaps and the same amount of routes run, but Tajay Sharp had the six targets. So I think Tajay Sharp is kind of a must add right now. We've seen previously, like when the Falcons have good games, obviously Patterson, obviously Kyle Pitts are going to be the one two there, but it seems like we could potentially have a flippening as far as Tajay Sharp. Uh, over Russell Gage, it still might course correct uh, and Gage could be that guy, but I think it's worth taking a stab on Tajay Sharp because we just don't know. We don't know if Calvin Ridley could miss the, the rest of the season. And I think the second, you know, target, you know, hog in this offense is going to be fairly valuable. Yeah, Gage has also always been more of a low A dot guy, and I did watch some of that game today. Yeah, actually, I watched a good amount of that game because PJ Walker came in for Sam Darnold and his concussion uh, again. So we'll see PJ Walker maybe starting next week against uh, the Patriots. But I think Tate Sharp had like two deep balls thrown to him during that period. We don't have the air yards numbers yet, so uh, keep your eyes out for those. But I think in that spot, I agree. Tajay Sharp was definitely getting the look, getting some 50-50 balls that you wouldn't think would normally go a guy like Tajay Sharp's way. So a uh, pretty good flyer to take there. And now I get two in a row here. I think I got to take Mike White, right? Like, that feels like the move. That's on brand. Yeah, it is on brand. I mean, like, a guy throws for 400 yards against a team that was somehow the Bengals were the number one seed in the AFC, which I did not realize was a thing that they were talking about a lot today. Uh, but still, you know, upset win there. That doesn't matter. What mattered to me was the volume. A lot of passes to Michael Carter as well, who's been really good after the catch all year long. And I think if you see, you know, just them trying to play it safe with him, playing it safe to the tune of 400 yards is not something that's, you know, I'd say completely normal, as Jared Goff has shown us. I like what I saw from Mike White. Mike White also had, Pete, I don't know if you saw us on your 
near feet at all. But in 2013, he said something about like, oh, I hate arrogant white QBs <laughs> or like rich, arrogant white QBs. And then somebody retweeted that with a meme of Zach Wilson looking like Zach Wilson doing whatever, whatever he does. <laughs> but it's like Mike White being the guy that the Jets get behind while they kind of say, hey, Zach, take your time. You're maybe not ready yet. Like, that's the kind of Jets story I feel like. Like, my friends who are Jets fans were super excited about this guy. And I think that's not the reason you play somebody in fantasy, but the volume, the fact that he was really fired up there, getting that the team was going nuts after that Philly special two-point conversion. Like, it was a lot of fun. I think that's the – you do worse things and have fun with Mike White. Yeah, I feel – we've talked about it with the backup quarterbacks before that the worst thing – is when they come in and they're hesitant in their, you know, game managers and they're nervous and the stage is too big for them. And that's why I was okay with Taylor Heineke. And I didn't think he was going to be a massive downgrade from, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, just because he's shown a willingness to run and, and to push the ball downfield. And I think that's what you love about seeing Mike White. Like the moment was not too big for him, partly because he probably feels empowered by like, holy cow, Zach Wilson has been sucking. It wasn't like he was stepping in for Tom Brady. So yeah, it was awesome to have him come out there in, the celebration uh him celebrating with the guys i think was it was it a two-point conversion when yeah the was, one that he caught it yeah, yeah yeah just like the the team was clearly super stoked for him and uh i don't know what zach wilson is like in the locker room but they seem to very much enjoy uh playing with with white yeah i mean zach wilson i'm not gonna give up all hope i we talked about him before the season started he did grade out pretty well to me based on some of the college data guy did throw pretty well pretty good deep balls pretty good deep ball rate all of those things that we look for it's having fantasy value but sometimes you gotta ride the hot hand mike white not a rookie he's been around a few years here uh, doing whatever journeyman qbs do so maybe he's ready for the spot um and i think that's one that's interesting and um i guess this wait do i get one more or did, did i just take two i took two yeah you did yeah. mike white and who um I don't know, somebody? Did I? <laughs> Honestly, the mask is really getting to me, if I'm, if I'm being honest. I can't remember. Can someone in the chat? I thought <laughs> somebody could somebody tell me if I took two people. If I didn't, I, I have one more. But... I think you I think you just did Mike White. Okay, so then, you know, let me try one more then. I'll take a guy who's also under own relative to what his role could be if Corey Davis misses more time. Jamison Crowder, I think, would be a guy that does fit the criteria. Uh, maybe a little bit lower uh, than we would like to have normally in terms of the availability on ESPN leagues, but still pretty big target share. Corey Davis having a hip issue, I think, is what it was. Uh, that was one that was later in the week, too. This gives me a little bit of concern, and I think, too, the more we see guys like Mike White come in, you do see them rely on the guys they build up that rapport with. Crowder today having a pretty good stat line, 17 fantasy points eight catches for 84 yards on nine targets like Crowder does fit the motif a little bit more than you know for a guy like Mike White maybe chewing some checkdowns more as we talked about with Michael Carter so this spots me I would take two jets on the waiver wire which probably is not the best sound fantasy advice we would normally give out yeah we are scraping the bottom of the barrel here <laughs> we are flying blind but oh yeah I, I took think... Jordan Howard that's right but I did have the no, turn no. too so I had to because you yeah. took two I took one the issue is like I never go first so that's what yes. fucks us up but yeah. I went first, took one, then I just took two. So and you've good. you've picked three so far, yep. and I've and picked, picked two, two, and yep. I'm going to pick two more here. Um, yep. so I'll do uh, a tight end who I I'm guarant I would assume is still owned in less than twenty percent of leagues, and that's Dan Arnold. Uh, today for the Jags, he came out and played really well. I believe. Let me as I look this up. I believe he had yes, uh, eight targets there and played very well. And the the Jags have been using the tight end a lot, even uh, before it was James O'Shaughnessy went down, those guys, they've been using a decent amount. Uh, he led the team in receiving yards with uh, 68. And, uh, and I think he can be, you know, a top 10 kind of tight end going forward, just because he's not really losing snaps to, you know, anyone else, at least as far as routes run go. I mean, they had Chris Manford, Luke Farrell, but those guys aren't doing much there. So I think, uh, I think Dan Arnold is interesting. And then, for my second pick, this one is so gross, uh, and I hate it, but you know, one of the things we talked about on last week after the Mark Ingram trade was would this Texans backfield condense around David Johnson and Philip Lindsay? Uh, well, spoiler alert, it did not. It did not condense, and in fact, it literally went in the opposite direction. Rex Burkhead and Scotty Phillips led the team in snaps. Rex Burkhead uh, had 30 snaps, which was triple the amount of David Johnson and Philip Lindsay. He ran 19 routes. He had three targets, four carries. Um, so I, I do think uh, you never know what's going on with this stuff or like what they're trying to accomplish here. 
Uh, but I think as a pure flyer, Rex Burkhead is interesting. If he is leading the backfield and snaps to this degree as he did, then he's he becomes fantasy relevant because he does have the kind of dual purpose skill set to catch some passes. So it's gross and it'll probably revert back to something else next week. But on the off chance it doesn't, I think he's worth a stab. You know who did know that Pete going into the week would be somebody in their ride or die picks instead of Rex Burke had to be the top scoring guy in the backfield. Did you say that? I did. In fact, that was one of the two 10 pointers I hit. Uh, did he actually outscore? <laughs> he did. He outscored by a pretty wide margin. Yeah. Oh God, that's disgusting. <laughs> and I think actually he was part, I actually might've been more Brandon cooks, but I think he also broke up your top six players in the game who were uh, scoring fantasy points are Rams. So that was, what yeah. did I go? I went five for six. I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> So close. <laughs> that's, that's how it goes. We yeah, Rex Burkhead. I I agree. He should not continue to have fantasy value, but he is something that um, does seem to be the case for whatever reason. These Patriot organization people just tend to gravitate towards Rex Burkhead and in weird ways. And I'll take one more guy here, Pete, that we, I, that we have to take, I think, in a waiver wire segment. Jamal Agnew. This seems like he's got to go again up to 12 targets. This I can't I can't do this. Jamal Agnew shit. I mean, are you fucking kidding me with this? Jamal Agnew, though, the volume is there. I think it does seem, I think we could agree. Obviously, I'm not even trying to be hurtful, though. As I talked about with Pete over the weekend, for some reason, I do always clip the LaVisca clips uh, because they bring me some degree of joy, and our reactions are always so genuine. But the targets are there, Pete. It does seem like he's past Visca in the overall pecking order. Probably right there with Marvin Jones and and a team that's going to be trailing a lot. Like we saw Geno Smith be really looking good uh, against that defense today. That's going to be the case for the rest of the year. So I think Jamal Agnew and lots of positive game scripts, especially if James Robinson somehow misses time. I like Agnew a lot as a, a flyer play here. And I'm sorry. I am sorry. And scene. <laughs> there we go. Are you done doing your Jamal Agnew bit? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jamal, I, I think if you removed your bias from the scenario, you would admit that Jamal Agnew fits the profile of something interesting, whether he's actually a good player or not. Unlike you with the backup QBs, some of us, uh, you know, thumb our nose at concrete evidence to further enrich our brand. So uh, take a few notes, buddy. Uh, that's all I can do. And do you... <laughs> Uh, was that was it, right? So we finished it. We got everybody in. And we get all the way through wires. Okay, good. No, the way you're talking is like you're suffocating underneath that mat. You're like, did we get? Did we get all that done? Can we move on? Again? I honestly like, just want to drink water, but I'm so committed to not taking the mask off oh, at all. The water's so good right mask. now. Mm, wait, hold on. Ah, uh, fraud, fraud. I see his face. <laughs> Now everybody's going to know that I'm running a, a crime syndicate. Like, what do you think those people were doing? The people who were like, uh, did you watch, you watch the show, right? Uh, I am halfway through. Okay. I so think, like no yeah. spoilers, but like the general thing, the people who are working behind the scenes on the squid game, like, yeah, what's the deal there? What's their passion for it? Like what, what got them going into this whole thing and being the person that wears this mask and then, you know, guides these people possibly to their deaths. I mean, I, I assume they're just like some big corporate entity, right? That that funded this, you know, experimentation in gaming, and they're just a soulless uh, corporate drone with no heart that is getting paid handsomely to administer these these sick, perverted experiments. See, but I thought I kind of feel like to do that and to be that committed to the the pecking order thing, the weird. Um, like, oh, you have to respect the people who are the circles or the people who are the triangles. Like there, like there has to be kind of a culty vibe to that. No, like I feel like there has yeah. to be, yeah. Well, I again I'm I, I you know, no spoilers. I, I don't know if any of this ultimately gets revealed toward the end. So I'm just I can say it doesn't, Pete, and that's why I have the questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But it's definitely an interesting show. Obviously, if you've not watched Squid Game, it is a good one. And that's why I would only wear the costumes of shows that I could recommend. That's all I could ever say. There you go. All right. Should we build a lineup here for Monday Night Football? It is obviously a very early, the earliest build for Monday Night Football showdowns we could do. But Giants Chiefs seems like a good one. We can do our ride or die picks. Uh, but I feel like uh, yeah. lineup build first or ride or die picks first? Um, Let me, let, let's do, because I feel like, uh, I'm trying to think because sometimes we end up just taking our, ride or die picks in the lineup anyways why don't we do the lineup build and kind of just get a feel for the slate mm -hmm. and then we can you know give our stamp of approval for our, our captain pick all right so let's do it that way also it's funny that we were like trying to do the show at halftime and it's not even halftime yet this game is moving impossibly slowly which is the one thing i, for I forgot about last year and i think why we didn't go live that much last year or at all on sundays but the Sunday night football timings can vary so completely wildly as, in terms of when halftime comes up. 
Yeah, the, I know. Last year we were always trying to time it like five minutes before mm-hmm. halftime, and it was always just a pain in the ass trying to do it. I'm, <laughs> I'm very a sleepy boy. <laughs> I I love our new our new schedule. I, I like the afternoon shows. It also gives us time to uh, digest mm-hmm. some more information. I write the newsletter. We get our waiver stuff. You have more time to come up with puns like uh, indactive, <laughs> and I think it's just a win for the entire community when we do these on Monday. Normally it would be though. I do think we might. I don't know if your schedule will work for it but we might have to do sunday night next week if we can because i'm that, hitting the yeah, road on monday fine. but that's fine yeah. I, we'll, we'll figure it out but keep your eyes peeled the times are gonna be weird for the next 10 days because uh pete's doing a conference this week i'll be going uh taking the cross-country trip to philadelphia uh next week so we'll figure that out but i guess real fast uh, talk about your conference i'm sure you have another content but tell me about it because i've seen people talking about it on linkedin and i'm curious well so i'm not actually going to the conference there is an nft conference in oh, new york this week just going I'm just to party going, right i'm just going yeah, to no. parties <laughs> i mean i am uh i'm going to do uh the knicks game and just a couple of the other projects that i'm involved in uh are having parties as well so i got i didn't want to go initially because i'm like monday and tuesday is Mondays especially are very busy for me uh, with all of my content responsibilities. And then I got pressured in FOMO and I said, screw it. Uh, I didn't quit my job to just sit at my computer and do fantasy stuff all day. I quit my job so I have I can have the flexibility to go to New York and drink with people. So that's what I'm doing. That was borderline inspirational until the way you distilled it down at the end. But I, that, was, that was like nice. Like I was like, oh, good, good for Pete. I'm happy for you. And then you're like, oh, I just get to drink with my friends. Nah, no big deal, guys. Eh. I'm sorry that I didn't have a fucking better Disney ending for oh, that start. Team bros, we're all going to get twisted and get some twisted teas and then go hit the next game. No biggie, NBG. I mean, GM, GM no, everyone. My bad, my bad. What I'm trying to say is I'm going to have meaningful connections with people that are part of communities that I value and and I get I printed off 150 of my business cards that have Splash Play on them. I, I do think though, like the amount of people that I get that follow me from this little universe that you have built that we do the show as part of, I feel like a lot of NFT people in there. So I would encourage anybody, if you are a Splash Play fan, come up and say hi to Pete. Obviously, if you're a fan of other uh, Pete's other properties, say come up and say hi to uh, Pete as well. But uh, the Splashy one in particular, come up and and uh, don't do anything weird to Pete, I guess. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, please don't. Uh, actually, though, that reminds me of a DM that I got today unsolicited. And I literally even don't know what he is referencing. But let me pull up on screen here. I'm taking oh, a okay. screenshot Here's of this. where this is going. Well, it's from our friend Josh. Oh, <laughs> okay. Of course. And I still don't know. I haven't replied to this because I might have to soft block him and get him out of the thing. It just says, Pete, I hate you. <laughs> oh, no. So what kind of community do we have going here? I mean, what what is this even in reference to? Is it because he lost at lowball? He did have the <laughs> highest scoring lineup of the three of us. Oh, wait, we need to recap lowball. We do have to recap lowball. OK, so maybe that's what it what it was. That could be it. He definitely did score the highest out of all of us. You finished you finished first in our low ball lineup. That could be it. Or it I, could be a thinly veiled threat. I think it really is could this, be. This is such bullshit. Like you have a soliloquy ready to go on Jamal Agnew, but you happen to forget low ball uh, because I won it. Well, we're making a lot of changes as we go. I don't know. We've got, we got the Millie Maker thing out. There's a lot of stuff moving around lately. That... <laughs> let's let's pull up Lowball here. I am uh, now very excited to see this. Well, the, the funny thing about your Lowball lineup was that was also what you had in the Spy, right? I think it's... <laughs> okay, just fuck off. I mean, this is this is an incredible Lowball lineup by me. I mean, just absolutely beautiful. Uh, Buccaneers defense, zero points. Kyle Pitts, 3.3. You go double Denver. They're Roethlisberger. I mean, this is just a choice-ass lineup, dude. I mean, click on mine, too. I think it is a good lineup. The double stack there with two uncorrelated receivers is pretty good. Um, I think mine's pretty solid, too. I got Alvin Kamara being mediocre. I, the thing for me is I captured more guys being average than guys being shitty, which I, admittedly is ke- clearly a key part of low-ball lineups. But I do think I did really identify every single player yeah. who was overvalued. You did. Yeah, you did. The only, yeah, like Chase or uh, Gabe Davis at 3,300 getting 12.9 hurts you. Uh, That was that in in the Steelers defense at 4,300 getting 10 points hurts. But yeah, for the most part, like you nailed um, McLaurin, uh, Chase, Herbert, 
they were solid picks. It's just, you know, when you come at the low ball king, you best not miss. <laughs> and then Joshua there up top, if you want to click his lineup too, so we can show Land- uh, Landry Fields, the former Knicks basketball player, Justin Fields going off at QB. A <laughs> hundred rushing yards here. Not the way I would like to see him get there for fantasy, but a pretty impressive performance here anchoring Josh's low ball team. Yeah, I mean, just an awesome. I mean, this is just a structurally sound team. You do have the double stack with the bring back. Um, just a really nice tournament team here by Josh. And uh, this was better than some of my GPP teams, which I think means either I suck at GPPs or he sucks at low ball or quite possibly both. <laughs> you could probably handshake at the middle, I think, in that classic meme format. <laughs> yeah, 29.3 points from your 5K quarterback is the roughest of scenes. And also, I do think it's a valuable low ball lesson in the same way we love these quarterbacks who can run um you can't pick a rushing quarterback for your your low ball quarterback um yeah. i think that that just has ways to backfire he gets the 100 yard rushing bonus today so gg coffin and now i understand why you hate me josh <laughs> that was honestly the, that, that game with the Niners and the Bears was low key, very fun to watch. Like I kept switching around on red zone because I don't know red zone had too much going on today. So I kept going to see the guys that I was curious about and like Debo going nuts in that game. Debo's been a guy's been popping up a lot for me. And I feel like uh, some weeks will completely shit the bed, but some weeks will look like a monster like he did today where he got over 170 yards and missed out on a touchdown because he stepped out of bounds. But like Justin Fields operating at a high level, Debo being fun, Jimmy Garoppolo running for two touchdowns for the first time for the Niners since I think it's Steve Young was the tweet I saw. Like that was like a very fun game in a way that we probably wouldn't expect based on Vegas totals. I can't believe you just snuck in there that you had to switch off of red zone. You were fudding red zone. Is this, I mean, what does this take? Well, Siciliano is just off today. I'll be honest. Like I, I'm oh, never, wait, you do silly. Okay. That actually accounts yeah, for it. I, I don't like it. That's the guy. option I get through the, uh, whatever stream that I'm buying. Um, and I, I am paying for it. And unfortunately I didn't get the choice option, but I, I much prefer Hanson. Siciliano fucked up like 10 times today. He called the, the football team, the R word. He called like, he messed up several different names. Like, I don't know if he was hitting the Halloween uh, bucket a little bit early, the, the jungle juice at the NFL red zone offices, but you know, I would much prefer Hanson. Hanson is great. I think Siciliano to me is just uh, a warm body. Who's doing that show. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I've only, I've only watched it once the, and it was, I don't know if it was just because I was so comfortable and conditioned to Scott Hanson that it was a very jarring experience for me. So I don't mm. want to, uh, you know, speak poorly of Siliano. It just might, it's more a reflection of how much I like Hanson. I'll speak, but you know, even though he probably could get welcome to the family, I would say overall, <laughs> he, he and Mike Clay are two guys that I don't mind starting feuds with. And I think Mike Clay and I, I won round one here of the Saints backfield against Mike Clay. But if we had to choose, no, no, no you really didn't. It was I a 10-8 mean, round. It's a 10-8 round to start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, are you scoring your own round? Yeah, <laughs> okay. Judge, jury, and execution. That's why I get the big mask. Anyway, Mar had 19 carries and three receptions. I mean, that that's his Getting role, hurt, right? getting hurt meaningfully by Mark Ingram <laughs> taking enough off the table. You don't want to see a guy coming in who's getting volume, getting a lot of intended touches. It's not he good had, luck. He had six carries, the two targets or whatever. I mean, And Taysom's coming. Uh, that's the guy, too, by the way, which honestly we should have thought more about for waiver wire. If Taysom is back next week, he should also be a top waiver wire guy because they're not going to start seeing over him. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, how, I guess we don't know how severe the Winston yeah. injury is yet. Yeah, that's one that that's uh, unfortunately we don't know the best to uh, talk about on Sunday night. But yeah, Taysom, I think follow that injury news a little bit more. And if you know that he'll be available next week, I'd bump him up the waiver wire to be uh, one of the top picks. Let's do ride or dies, though. We got the Giants, 21 implied points. Kansas City, 31 implied points on their end. Uh, the line here is 52 on the books. Edge Sports, EDJ Sports, they run 100,000 simulations. And again, they're also very proud of this show, too, as, as I'm sure as football outsiders. They're all very proud of us today for doing this fantastic professional content. They have the line is 55, so a little bit undervalued, according to them, as well. Uh, but Pete, this game here, interesting one with some injuries for the Giants' side. Barkley not going to be playing. Galladay not going to be playing. Uh, we'll see. I think Darius Tony trending towards being in, as is Sterling Shepard, unless you heard differently. But um, if you have any other news that I missed there, feel free to throw it in. But otherwise, give me your ride or die pick. Yeah, the reports this morning were Saquon Galladay out, Shepard Tony on the right side of questionable. So okay. I expect both of those guys to play. There we go. All right. So what do you want for your ride or die pick? And of course, we do usually just do the showdown winning captain just to keep it easy. Yeah, showdown winning cat. I really, I wonder if I should try to strengthen my my Darius Slayton brand. Um, but that that seems pretty reckless uh, with, to with do. With Shepard and Tony coming back of all the weeks, 
don't i i literally just said it's reckless you don't have to pile on <laughs> you are an inmate for that reason i guess <laughs> i shouldn't be judging i'm just an innocent a working class middle manager at the squid game office and you're a hardened criminal yeah um yeah so the chiefs are all very expensive i am going to i was very excited about tony um after what was it was it the cowboys game where he broke out yeah, and um, punched a guy too. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's heart and it's pluck and it's everything I'm looking <laughs> for from my showdown captain. We so don't yes. agree a lot of the show, Pete. That's what I agree with you on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Canarius, Tony, I want to welcome you to the captain family. <laughs> I like that pick for you. Um, now the question is, do I leverage against this one? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, I... that, you, that word is used so liberally, liberally on this show. No one knows what it means anymore. I will not leverage off of Pete. I will, in fact, go... To one uh, Tyreek Hill, who does have a positive DVOA matchup, does get, um, uh, well, at least an average DVOA matchup. Uh, they are 16th overall are the Giants against wide receiver ones. But against a guy like Tyreek Hill, I don't think that matters too much. The snap count was down for him last week. He actually ran or uh, was out there for less snaps than Demarcus Robinson, which struck me as kind of odd. But I don't care about that. I think the upside is the main thing for Tyreek Hill. And um, him being a slate breaker at 11K after a few games that are maybe not quite Tyreek standards seems like, an okay move. And I, I think Pete too, we we've definitely gravitated more towards taking stars in these uh, showdown captain lineups. And I would feel bad about taking Tyreek normally, but after you got away with Kamara last week, I just, I got to take the dude. Yeah, go for it. Great pick. Thank you. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's speak of the guys who love Halloween. Tyreek Hill, big fan of, of, of all the kids out there. And seriously, <laughs> you could just get out of that transition without that. Could not had to, had to do it. And my face is hitting this one. So it's really more on you inmate. Yeah, I mean, when, that's how this works when kind of the cancel police uses their AI to scan all of the YouTube content. They won't be able to recognize anything you say this episode. It's going it's to be funny when we get like a, a copyright C&D like we did for the wrestling things, just me wearing this mask. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, of course, they're running Squid Game live on Peach Channel. We got to take them down. It, do, it does kind of look like that. Yeah, it's did you? Did you order that from Amazon? Like, where yep. is that from? So it's weird. This shirt says that it's like Netflix official merch, but I got it through <laughs> Amazon and I really do feel like it's not Netflix official, even though it is claiming to be. Um, the mask, I'm pretty sure, is very much not Netflix official, but it looks like the mask. Like, there's no... Did you uh, did you go out last night dressed as this? So what, I was supposed to go out with my girlfriend with her friends for a Halloween party. Unfortunately, I went out with some of my old Osmo friends. Uh, Eric. I saw it. Is that the photo I saw? Yeah. Yes, I was out with... Uh, our producer, Jordan, Eric, who does a lot of shows, uh, did a lot of great content with him over at Osmo, where I do have a puppet of him in my room still. And uh, my friend, Leslie, who was uh, a biz dev person over at Osmo and had a lot of fun. But unfortunately, you know, Pete, I know you're, you're getting older, too. We feel these pains once you cross that that 30 year old threshold. But um, going from IPAs to really fancy whiskeys, go, going to perhaps maybe hitting a blunt. Not the best for me as a 37 year old, a newly minted 37 year old. It's funny how the tables have turned. It's like someone's getting drunk with their friends. Just networking with some old coworkers, having fun, throwing them back, maybe a spliff at the end of the night. <laughs> well, we, we're not doing NFT trading, so it was just it's a totally normal thing that we're not, you know, there's no stereotyping involved. But yes, it was a lovely time. The downside was that I had the worst hangover I've had in a very long time. Uh, <laughs> threw up some water like a classy gentleman would the next day. What? And then was just like not up to putting on the costume and going to hang out. So that's on me. That's on me. That's on you. All right. You are getting, <laughs> you're going to be a father. Yeah, I am got to get it all out of the system now before <laughs> all the responsibility kicks in. Let's build a lineup real fast, though. I feel like we, okay. we owe the people that. We always owe them this. We, they yeah, demand but... it, and we will give it to them, whether it's shitty or not. They will storm our houses if, they, if we don't give them a single lineup here. So, um, Pete, it is your – apparently you're putting in the big tournament, so I'll let you pick the captain if you want to take the first pick. <laughs> oh, wait. No, this is better. Go back to the DF, huddle if you can <laughs> Yeah, no, let's see. Do the quarter? Have... Do we want to do the quarter arcade? Do they have the quarter arcade, actually? <laughs> let's just see they what should. they got here. In this economy, um, <laughs> times are tough. Uh, I was updating my DFS spreadsheet, um, and it uh, wasn't looking too good uh, after this. Let's go free to 25 cents. Okay, we do have the dime package, which looks nice. Let's go ahead. <laughs> And uh, I feel I feel most comfortable throwing this in the dime package. I think we could take down the dime. I feel good about our chances. <laughs> Dude, imagine if this thing takes down the dime and then I didn't have it in anything else. That would be the best bit of all for me. Yeah, it'd be a great bit. Yeah. That would you get for not believing in ourselves or <laughs> believing in us as a duo. All right. Well, let's uh, now build a lineup that now that we have skin in the game. 
right. What do you want to take first here? With, Squid in the with game. Your 10 cents say. on the line. Um, with my 10 cents on the line, I mean, I got to double down. Uh, Willis. Willis, let's not, let's not get canceled here. Okay. I like anything dime related. Back to his dime. Bags, I'm going to put my guy, Kadarius Tony. It's a brand play. It's a flag plant play. I love this guy. He throws punches. He's got pluck. He's got heart. He's got courage. You know, we, we welcomed him into the family. His name is Tone. You can't get anything better than that. But I will take Tyree Kill then as a utility play. Uh, there you go. We are really doubling down on our takes. No fair weather fans on our ride or die <laughs> no. pick. We are men of our word. The ride or die picks sometimes get us off. Off of the thesis of plays but not here when we're building a lineup it's all, it's all heart and grit um like i mean it wouldn't be a chief showdown slate without me playing Miko hardman where he's just slightly over owned but i still talk myself into it all right i will go Let's see uh man we got two pass catchers here that feels like mahomes then has to be in the lineup now you love spending money go for it i, I do especially on the dime i mean woo, i'm just <laughs> yeah keep spending like a fancy it. boy Keep spending it all, you know, have to fucking play Caden Smith here. Uh, you get all the FUD picks. Yeah, I guess I'll just do Tyree Kill and Patrick Mahomes. Is that okay? <laughs> hey, take a kicker. You know, maybe Harrison Bucker does a good job. Probably a little maybe, I'll, maybe I'll play uh, Mr. S. Plattsgummer here. <laughs> that sounds like a, a nickname that a frat would give to a girl in a very mean way in the early 2000s. <laughs> Jesus, facts. Uh, it doesn't even mean anything. Come on. Let's see here. I mean, I if, if, the old splats gubber. Let's see if, if Kadarius Tony is now. I'm going to make you. You do something with 1800. I'm putting Daniel Jones in. <laughs> All right, let's scroll down here. Um, 1800. You know, I do think that Jerick McKinnon could be a Kyle Rudolph. I don't love going an exact salary match, but what about John involved. Ross, dude? Look at these targets, man. This guy gets fucking. But he's going to be running less routes with Shepard and and Tony back in there. She doesn't compete with uh he he runs on the outside. Yeah, but you still got Slayton too. Like fine, not... it's your pick. Just pick someone bad. I would take and... Kyle Rudolph. I think take Kyle Rudolph for the reliable hand that they're gonna throw and it gets one shitty, you know, five yard touchdown and maybe two other catches, and that's his day. Do you know what I'm gonna do? Because yeah. I just can't. I'm going back in and I'm I'm playing an alternate version of this <laughs> lineup. I just I can't I can't live in a world because of the Kyle Rudolph part. I yes, because if this lineup wins with John Ross, if we miss a chance. <laughs> All right, let me see. Let me go to my projections for the game and see if I have anybody cheaper who looks better. Um, let's see. I'd have Kyle Rudolph. I had Kyle Rudolph projected for 2.6 fantasy points, so that's probably not the strongest. Uh, Blake Bell looks okay. Okay. The Bell Dozer, you mean? Yeah, the Bell Dozer. Uh, John Ross, I'd have projected for... Looks like 1.5 fantasy points. So that actually would be better, I guess, than, than Kyle Rudolph, right? No, yeah. a little bit worse than Kyle Rudolph. That's what it kind of, so yeah. So we are going to put this in twice. Um, Spags, I haven't sent in my invoice yet for October, but I'll be billing this extra 10 cent lineup uh, as a show <laughs> expense. Oh, I appreciate that. I mean, <laughs> you did give me the freebies in the merch store, so I have to get you back somewhere. Uh, <laughs> all right. We are, our bets are safely hedged. We there now we have a John Ross and Kyle Rudolph version, which is a, basically a 1v1 for our personal reputations as fantasy analysts. Also, Jason saying, can't believe Spags is 37 and didn't know the rolled one goes before the cold one. I do know that, but also I feel like I generally have enough of a tolerance to be okay. But I just like, sometimes you get to go by the seat of your pants. Like when Pete's going to NFC, NFT conferences, you just go drink, you go do whatever the Knicks fans are doing. That's what you do in those kind of situations. I love this like portrait of, that you have of this conference. Like it's half me just like broing out with local New Yorkers at a New York game and like half showing, you know, images on our phones to fellow NFT collectors. I imagine it's you doing the Justin Timberlake in the social network <laughs> and going, hey, you guys think a billion dollar NFT is cool? How about a trillion dollar NFT? I hate you. And it's just you talking man's coin. <laughs> You're right. I actually do need to do some marketing for that in New York. You do. And I'm sure you will, Pete. What are the plugs coming up here? And, and of course, if people can spot you in New York City, much like Waldo, then they should just come up and say, hey, Pete, keep, keep doing it. Yeah. Please, please come up to me and say, keep doing it while pointing like that um plugs yeah so i'll i'll, I'll do my uh gpp review show in the morning at 10 a.m will be a great fantastic way to start my day pouring over those lineups again love rubbing my face in that shit every monday morning um and then no showdown show tomorrow because i'm going to be mm. driving down 
to New York. Um, so yeah, a little mini break for me, Spags, uh, after the GPP review. Also, I only played much like UP did not have a great day overall for the main slate. So for the showdown lineup, I just played a bunch of Cedric Wilson and Tyler Conklin at captain because I was like, well, fuck it. I just got the ownership product down. Maybe I can win a million And Wilson dollars. just scored. He just scored a 70-yard touchdown. So things might not be looking that bad for a certain Squid Game fan. I uh, definitely have some Cedric Wilson in best ball, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm crushing an NBA best ball and underdog, which I'm, yeah. I, it's a long road for that one, obviously, but feeling really good about the overlay now. And we talked about that on the show. So, but like it's an NBA best ball and underdog, if you didn't do that one and you know NBA at all, bad move, bad move. Bad move uh, but you know, what's a good move signing up with promo code PE now will match your deposit up to a hundred dollars. Spags puts it on a T and I just knock it out of the park. Dude, I love underdog. The, the downside for me is like, I don't do the daily pickums. Like I know you do, you tweet them out, which I think is fun. I, you know, I would love if they had some DK style tournaments. I don't know if that's in the product roadmap, but I wouldn't mind doing a little bit of that if they, if they ever did. I think, yeah, I think they're going to keep adding offerings here as they go. They made, uh, they had a huge acquisition a month or so ago too. And I think they're, they're positioning themselves to be able to offer kind of like a full suite of sports betting. And I imagine they're going to get more and more creative with their, their fantasy game types as well. It sounds like some insider trading potentially from one investor in the underdog. Uh, you know, um, I am in prison for a reason. Guys. <laughs> All right, guys, make sure to follow at Peter Overs and of course, subscribe to the channel, hit the like button on this video, whether you're watching right now on Sunday night or you're watching on Monday, we appreciate that support a bunch. Oh, do we have to do a viewer drawing or we do whatever we can, we can. Fudge no, that. we're going to, we're going to come up with, we need to come up with a fresh way to get submissions just because a lot of the reviews were old and we're not necessarily we're getting more like, it's not, it's not as big. Like we got the wave of like 25 right away and then it was like now we're getting like one every week or so it looks like well yeah we need to come up with another like show specific uh prompt to get <laughs> are we gonna say bit we love the word bit around here we do bit, we haven't been skit. we haven't been doing a lot of them lately at least successfully <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, follow at Splash Play Pod. We'll get some information out there. And uh, make sure to follow at Peter Rovers at follow at Chris Spags. We'll be back Thursday at the normal time, 2.30 Eastern. So tune in then. Enjoy your weeks and say hi to Pete and tell him keep doing it. Bye. <laughs>